0: Michael Michael Reed on LMFM. What happened at uh, the Dalgan House nursing home in Dundalk? Well, we know that there was one of uh, the worst outbreaks of the coronavirus in Dalgan House uh, relative to any nursing home in the country. And that has uh, a result 22 residents. From the virus, Uh, there's been calls for an independent investigation, uh, but uh, the story behind uh, this terrible tragedy uh, is to a large degree already documented within the files of the HSC. One of the resident's relatives submitted a Freedom of Information request and has received a lot of uh, documentation spelling out uh, some very stark details and some very, very disturbing stories. Fergus O'Dowd is at Fine Ltd TD, uh, Fort Loud. He's also a member of uh, the Special Oireachtas COVID Committee and he's on the line with us. And a uh, very good morning to you, Ferguson. Uh, thanks for joining us. You've been reading over this documentation. It really is dreadful stuff.
1: It is. It's actually shocking. I've never read an narrative that's so, um, you know, so awful and so many people obviously uh, were victims of this COVID and so many of them died. And I think um, the, the families that have been in touch with me we've arranged a meeting now with the minister His office was on to me on Friday 8, and hopefully they will meet this week and as you rightly say, an independent inquiry is needed and that's also the recommendation of the COVID committee nationally that all that should be uh, inquired into. But I think in particular there are huge issues here and obviously you know, it's, it's it's like there's so many mm. people of 71 residents who were completely dehydrated. There was one young nurse uh, who was a very brave and very dedicated person and six home care assistants looking after, you know, very sick people. And obviously, clearly, uh, they, need to, they need to intervene. Um, Se-
0: 71 very elderly people, uh, for, yes. for the most part, uh, who were totally dehydrated and nobody to give them a drink
1: absolutely it's just shocking it's absolutely shocking and obviously the contacts then between the Hse and the nursing home proprietors and obviously the one of the big problems was that uh, because the lords Hospital it was uh, had severe staff shortages mm. something like forty nurses had been sent from the loud to help out in the Lourdes and the fact that there were no available nurses in terms of the actual uh, you know, the, the, the people who were contracting their services uh, meant that these people, these go unfortunate people, you know, were left in the situation they were. And uh, there's lots of issues arise yeah. from it, Michael. Um, clearly the family are entitled to this inquiry, they're entitled yeah. to closure, and I think they're also entitled that we have to make sure that it never happens again. Mm.
0: The amount of, of uh, vacancies uh, were just incredible. They should have had 104 staff and there was only 34 people working in the home, which is why there was nobody to give drinks to the people when they were dehydrated. But there were other very serious problems, like paramedics wouldn't take a couple of patients to hospital.
1: That's an allegation that's in there, uh, that two patients uh, were not taken to hospital. Uh, There's also issues, uh, there's a very serious issue, I think, arising from an agreement, Michael, I don't know if if you saw it in documentation, but there's an agreement between the group of unions and the HSE on the protocols about going into private nursing homes, and uh, so the difficulty there's a difficulty. There's an arrangement made in the middle of the pandemic that that nurses, if they were asked to go in, they could only go in if they volunteered to go in, and if they volunteered to go in, they could still refuse to go into a home if they didn't wish to. And I, th- I think in a case like that, you know that 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 agreement should be put aside, and that if people are asked to go to help anybody. Uh, you know, there should be no issue about them not going in. There should be no no agreement with unions that it should be voluntary. But obviously, you should only obviously go in if you're if you're well and if you're healthy and if you're not medically compromised. But I think there's huge issues here for for the whole country and how we make sure. If and it looks like from your earlier discussion that this pandemic is 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 coming at us again, and we have to make sure that that people, no matter what home they're in or what hospital. That we get the staff to staff them, and one of the issues that arose here was because there was nobody available. Uh, that the army, it was a very strong suggestion that the army should go in there, uh, that they would be able to, you know, medically provide them with, with care and attention that wasn't available elsewhere, mm. or the Red right Cross, and even in, there's some suggestion in it that the families themselves would would go in and help a family member inside. So there was a complete collapse of the care system. Absolute total. So I think that the you know I think that that there's huge issues here, and I think they have to be independently inquired into, and hopefully that will that will happen.
0: Right, uh, and there were shortages then, uh, as we heard in all of uh, the homes when it came to PPE and um, the protection uh, that the staff and patients or residents should have. But there were also other
1: shortages: bins and hand gel. Uh, yes there was no hand sanitizer and the were, there were no the bins were full to overflowing and as you pointed out, a lot of these patients were highly obviously immobile i 'm quite sure and bedridden they were isolated they would have been on their own they had no family visits, and they were obviously um, in states and doctors they were very fearful so it was mm-hmm. uh, it was an awful an awful situation for them to be in. And also their families, and the the number of calls increased. I think from something like four or five hundred per week to over two thousand five hundred uh, uh, at, at the height of of the pandemic. And obviously, everybody was frantically trying to communicate with their loved ones. They couldn't go in, they couldn't see them, and so like it was it was an absolutely a uh, dreadful situation for
0: them. We don't know, of course, if these deaths were preventable, but the situation that the nursing home was in, was that avoidable? It seems as though everybody uh, was looking for some help. Uh, we heard uh, about uh, how the operators of the home made contact with uh, the chief medical officer and the minister over the Easter weekend. Uh, right. they, they, they were begging for help. The staff Uh, were very seriously concerned. Uh, They felt that the home couldn't provide basic care and that they'd lose uh, their registration uh, as nurses. Uh, And an awful lot of them were out uh, on stress leave, it seems. Uh, But uh, this went on for days uh, and people continued to contract the virus and people continued to die before eventually the home was taken over by the RCSI.
1: Yes, and it seems that between the 6th, Of April and I think the 13th that there's there's no communication that we can find at the moment uh, between the HSE and the home, or the home and the HSE. Um, So this is what the inquiry has to find out as to to what happened during that period. And I suppose it also makes, we have to make sure that we know as a nation that we're ready for the next surge when it comes and that this never happens again and that, you know, the that's why I welcome the, the minister's agreement to meet with the family, and he's aware fully of their uh, of their request. And obviously, Michael, there's another nursing home as well in County Mead where uh, I don't have the update on that at the moment. But there was to be a meeting between the minister and the family, where they're looking for an inquiry into into a tragic death there as well. So, like it's it's uh, like it showed up huge weaknesses uh, in the structure. And one of the problems is that HICRA, who are the regulators, in their annual report for 2018, said full compliance with nursing home regulations was about, about 28% nationwide, and that in 2019 they said full compliance was at 23%. So, like that's 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 you know, HICRA is not doing their job. They don't have the staff. They don't invigilate uh, enough. And I think that's, so there are, you know, there there are huge structural issues here as well that have to be addressed.
0: Okay, and just uh, don't know if uh, you want to comment very briefly on another couple of issues. Uh, We heard Olivia a moment ago speak about the concern she has for her brother. And uh, another email that came to me yesterday um, from another listener who didn't want to be named, uh, but her daughter tested positive last Wednesday uh, or got a test last Wednesday and tested positive on Friday uh, and uh, was asked then to make a, a list of close contacts uh, from two days uh, before her first symptoms Uh, but uh, nobody uh, has uh, made contact uh, since uh, this was up to 11.15 yesterday morning Uh, her mother very concerned she has a lot of underlying illnesses uh, and she hasn't been able to get a test despite asking for one and the daughter's close contacts haven't been uh, contacted by the tracing team
1: Well, I'd be very happy, Michael, if they, under GDPR, they'd have to give the consent to me making that Mm -hmm. uh, representation on their behalf. And I will do so Uh, immediately. Absolutely. mm -hmm. And I'm very concerned for uh, both cases and obviously also for the lady there whose family member is Mm -hmm. obviously clearly very unwell and in a very difficult situation right now in terms of mental
0: health. Okay, and uh, we'll uh, forward, uh, we did uh, send on Olivia's email to you, uh, as uh, people heard earlier, and we'll uh, forward on this other email to you, uh, and indeed maybe the other TDs, in now, because it, it makes for very worrying reading, and I'll, I'll read it out in full a little bit later on, but just to bring it to your attention this morning. And thank you indeed for joining you us, too. as always. That's uh, Fidigale TD for Loud and East Meath, Fergus O'Dowd, who's a member of uh, the Euroctis COVID 19 Committee. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. FM.